I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. As I said before the commercial break, following our conversation with... Congressman John Curtis, who has just this morning made it known that he will be voting to certify the Electoral College's decision uh, to vote for Joe Biden as the 46th president of the United States to be inaugurated on January 20th, the year of our Lord, 20 and 21. Now, while he did only today reveal his position, he made it very clear that the road leading to today's publicized statement has been long and it has been trying and he has spent much time uh, speaking with others, interacting with constituents and deciding exactly uh, what is his responsibility as a member of Congress representing Utah, what his responsibility is from that position in Uh, the vote that he is to cast tomorrow. Ultimately, as he went through all of those considerations and he measured them and weighed them, uh, his decision uh, standing with uh, Senator Mitt Romney is to certify uh, the results. I expect uh, Blake Moore to also certify the results yesterday uh, during a conversation with the freshman congressman representing Utah's first district. He uh, let us all know that he does not intend to offer any objections. Now, <clears throat> there is likely going to be uh, an objection raised, not not one, but many. And you know, the, the process, which we have all in the last week and a half become so expert in, is that an objection raised in one chamber, in this case the House, uh, for that to have any impact on the proceedings of the day, there must also then be a companion objection raised on the Senate side. It looks like there are sufficient partners in both the House and the Senate to raise uh, identical objections and then lead to uh, that joint session dissolving, that then giving way to two hours of debate, two hours of debate on each of the objections which enjoy support in both the House and the Senate. Blake Moore, uh, let it be known that he'll have his ears open to the arguments presented uh, and the debate which takes place uh, following the raising of those objections. So uh, we will see. Uh, I'll be paying close attention to them as well. And whatever events transpire during this program, you uh, better believe that we'll bring them to you as they happen here on KSL News Radio. Senator Romney also making it very clear that he will be uh, certifying the results of the Electoral College. Uh, and John Curtis most recently making it be known. Uh, those are his intentions as well. So where does Mike Lee stand? 
he being the uh, remaining member of Utah's federal delegation, uh, not to, uh, you know, either on these airwaves or in a written statement somehow, come out and said, uh, I am doing this or I'm doing that. And if you Google around a little bit, you may find uh, that there are some stories floating around and some tweets floating around that seem to indicate that Utah Senator Mike Lee uh, will be uh, voting to certify or specifically uh, that Senator Lee allies himself with the sentiment contained within a letter uh, that has been sent around to various United States senators expressing opposition to the Electoral College objection. You got that? Uh, So essentially, the claim is that Senator Lee will likely be on the side of Senator Romney uh, voting to certify or at least not raising an objection himself. Now, the reason why I'm kind of hedging and I'm not speaking in definitive terms is that everything that I have said thus far regarding Senator Lee has come either uh, via a spokesperson or uh, news articles here and there. We have yet to hear from and when I say spokesperson, I really just mean that uh, one of his uh, his director of communications has you know clarified a claim made by Politico, essentially saying, hey, you know, you haven't heard from Senator Lee directly. All right. And so it is still unknown. It is still uh, unknown. Now, the communications director from the office of Senator Lee uh, has said that that we will likely get a statement from the senator either today or tomorrow. But uh, we don't yet know definitively. And you know what? That's okay. Uh, It'd be nice for me, you know, being a (laughs) a talk radio guy, I'd like the extra fodder. Uh, But it is a good lesson in in allowing the representatives, allowing the senators, allowing the elected individuals to take all the time that they need to make their decision. <clears throat> Sometimes when there is intense pressure placed on a member of Congress or anyone in an elected position, uh, sometimes the, the decisions that uh, ultimately come about uh, are, are hasty. And later on down the road, uh, they are second-guessed. So uh, the senator's not going to feel any pressure from me. Uh, that much I can commit to him. We did reach out. I asked if uh, if he'd be willing to chat, uh, asked if a spokesman was willing to chat, and turned down. But uh, I'm not bothered by that. I'm patient enough to wait until tomorrow, uh, you know, either via a statement, which the communications director said may come, or, you know, <laughs> if if we don't hear from the senator— Uh, In any written form or any statement or interview he grants, that's not a big deal because guess what? Tomorrow, he'll be called upon uh, to step forward and cast an actual vote. And, uh, you know, Congress seems to uh, falter here and there, but they are very good at keeping records. And we'll have access to those records here uh, pretty soon. I earlier in the program. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, since we haven't heard officially from the senator, uh, I do have some predictions, uh, but I'll I'll keep those to myself for now. Uh, While we have not yet heard officially from the senator, what would you advise him? What would you invite him to do? Which decision would you invite him to make? Put forth an objection. Stand with Senator Holly from Missouri. Or. Or sit back and execute what the what the Constitution asks him to do and certify the uh, results of the Electoral College. 
57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, if I have occasion to speak with the senator, I'll certainly share with him uh, what, what you send my way. Uh, but in, the, in these last few moments uh, before the commercial break, I, I mentioned a name just a moment ago, Josh Hawley uh, from Missouri, Senator. Now, I have made it pretty clear that I am a, a supporter of the, of the certify route. Uh, I think that uh, there has been insufficient evidence uh, brought to the courts or presented otherwise uh, to question the validity of the results of the Electoral College. I'm not saying that uh, it was a perfect 100% squeaky clean election, uh, but none ever are. I simply uh, have not been presented myself with any sufficient evidence to say or that tells me uh, that there's overwhelming fraud. So, Josh Hawley, something happened recently uh, that makes my blood boil. Regardless of what you think about his actions right now uh, having to do with certifying uh, these results, forget that. Set politics aside. This harkens back to an issue that we saw play out here in Utah not that long ago. First, on the doorstep of state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn. Not long after that, on the doorstep of uh, now former Governor Gary Herbert. And that was uh, the assembling of protesters on the front steps of someone in public office. Their private home, their private residence. Josh Hawley has a home uh, near Washington, D.C., His wife and young child were there just the other day. He was in Missouri on some kind of business. His wife and child were there home alone, and that's when the protesters showed up. And there are claims of shouts, of things being thrown, of the door being pounded on. That is absolutely inexcusable. It turns my stomach, and there is no place for it in this country. And I applaud places like Orem and elsewhere around the country that have passed uh, ordinances and laws making it a crime to protest at a private residence. Why? Well, guess what? The same rationale I presented to you when the protesters there uh, in front of Dr. Dunn's home, when the same rationale I presented to you when the protesters were on the doorstep of Governor Herbert's home. There are other people who live there. There are people who did not ask for public scrutiny. If you want to protest, do it on public property. If you want to protest, do it through sending a letter. Make a phone call. But do not threaten the comfort of the family members of elected officials. Regardless of where you stand on whatever issue, if you feel like that's the tactic you're about to engage in, you're wrong. It's time to reassess. Protesting is right and good, and it has a place in our country. It has a place in our democracy but threatening the innocent and making uncomfortable those who are merely innocent bystanders is un-American and it's wrong. So don't do it. Don't do it. Quick break. When we return, very much looking forward to this conversation. Earlier today, I had occasion to hop on the phone with Gary Herbert, now citizen Gary Herbert, on his first full day outside of public office. How's he doing? How did he wake up this morning? How's he spending his day today? And what are his plans for tomorrow? I'll share all that with you when we return to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. 
It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.